Locked On Bears, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bears, part of the Locked On's podcast network. Welcome to the Locked On Bears podcast, where our listeners get the best daily lockdown coverage of their favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Arthur Arkish, Senior Editor at Pro Football Weekly and NFC North Correspondent at USA Today Sports Weekly. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Locked On Bears over at iTunes and Check us out on Audio Boom as well. Both of those places are waiting for your comments and likes and feedback to continue growing this podcast. While I'm at it, I need to remind you of our partners, FanRagSports.com, DraftBreakdown.com, also Today's Pigskin and Today's FastBreak.com. After you've checked out all my work at Pro Football Weekly and USA Today Sports, and once you've got us downloaded and subscribed and all that fun stuff over at iTunes and Audio Boom. I would call, I would implore you, excuse me, to make sure you're checking out what's happening on our partner sites. How is everyone doing today? How are you doing today? More specifically, Thursday, September 15th. We've got football back tonight. Jets, Bills, your Bears have an extra day before they will welcome Carson Wentz's Eagles into town. And as I promised, I am very, very lucky and excited to welcome in a special guest onto this Locked On Bears podcast, and let's go ahead and do that right now. By a very special guest, the biggest celebrity we've had on the Locked On Bears podcast to date. We have former Bears fourth-round defensive end Corey Wooten. Corey, how's it going? Thanks so much for joining the program. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's my pleasure, and uh, Corey had a a really nice Bears career. I believe a six-year veteran. You correct me if I'm wrong, Corey. Uh, but, oh, you're right about that. <laughs> okay, so six years in the league. Corey played his college ball at Northwestern before staying local and joining the Bears. So I don't have to tell our listener. They're, they're in the know and uh, I'm sure are aware of your career. But, Corey, let me uh, ask, how is the infancy of, of retirement going? Uh, what kind of spurred that decision, and, and what are you doing to occupy your time? It's, it's been great so far. Um, I think the biggest thing that, that kind of spurred the decision was um, – you know, my daughter, my daughter right now is 15 months. And, uh, you know, last season when I was on injury reserve, recovering from a torn pec, I got to spend a lot of time with her, um, you know, when she was four months and, and going forward. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the time being home with her. You know, I, it, it was definitely going to be hard for me to, you know, move my family to another place and, uh, you know, kind of uproot everything. So I figured it'd be, it, it was time for me to step away and, and really enjoy time with my family. And, uh, you know, this, you can't put a price on that. And, uh, you know, I've been enjoying every second, you know, spending it with my daughter and, and my wife. Um, so it's been great. Oh, that's outstanding. And did you say six, 16 months? She's 15 months now. So okay. yeah, she's getting big. She's running around and, you know, we got a little basketball hoop and she's, she's dunking it. So <laughs> very cool. What, what's her name? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, Naya, N-A-Y-A. Oh, okay. That's very pretty. I, it's funny. I have a 15-month-old son. It sounds like it's your first one. Is Naya your first child? Yep. Yep, she is. All right. I have a 15-month-old boy named Spencer, and he is definitely not running around yet. We're kind of waiting for him to, but uh, uh, that's very cool. I didn't realize we'd have that in common. So. Uh, awesome, we'll, awesome. Well, well, congratulations on really uh, what was a you know really nice NFL career, and uh, to be able to go out on your own terms is not um, is not a luxury that a lot of players seem to have these days. You know. 
Yeah, it definitely, definitely was a tough decision, you know, making that stepping away from the game I love. But uh, ultimately, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I always kind of knew that uh, I wanted to play anywhere from six to eight years and, you know, kind of move on to my next phase. Um, you know, football has meant everything to me, you know, but it's, it's, it's not everything, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time. Um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, some people, you know, don't know how to don't, – don't know – how how to go on without football, you know, and it, it's definitely a ch- tough transition at any point. But you know, for me, I, I always knew there was more than football uh, for me, so that, that's what uh, you know kind of made the decision. So very cool. Well, it sounds like uh, in addition to being a family man, from what I understand, you're still keeping up, uh, keeping up on the Bears and the rest of the league. Is that right? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I've been able to, to watch the games as a fan now, which is weird. You know, normally on Sundays, you suited up and getting ready for the game, you know, worrying about what playlist you have. So it's been it's been great to be able to, oh, I can catch the Bears game or I can catch the Bills game. I have a, I have a buddy that, uh, that plays for the Bills. He's playing tonight, Corbin Bryant. But it's been great to be able to catch, uh, you know, former teammates and friends and be able to watch these games. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, I definitely want to ask you some Bears questions, but I before I do that, I want to get before I ask you about this current Bears team. I apologize because I'm guessing you get a lot of this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I'm sure our listeners are aware. Uh, so Brett Favre knocked his Hall of Fame speech out of the park by all uh, indications. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to watch uh, Favre go into the Hall of Fame or not. No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. Um, everyone would said his speech was great, um, so I'm definitely gonna have to check it out on YouTube or something like that. Okay. Well, and again, I apologize if it's played out. You're probably rolling your eyes on the other side of the phone, but uh, Brett, <laughs> Brett Favre and you obviously have something in common. And I think the one area that I was disappointed with Brett Favre's retirement speech was his uh, his. Uh, failure to mention you as the official person who uh, sent him off into retirement. So uh, what do you remember about that night and, and the fact that you guys are really always going to be connected? You're going to be connected for, for the rest of football eternity to one of the great quarterbacks who ever lived. The, the, crazy, the crazy story about what that, that sack and how it happened was mm-hmm. uh, Julius Peppers came off the field and I was, I was his replacement, right? I was supposed to be looking out for him. And I wasn't paying attention for whatever reason. I was zoned zoned out, and they actually had to take a timeout because there was only <laughs> ten guys on the field. And our D line coach Rod Marinelli, you know, who, who I'm sure you're familiar with, and just how crazy he was on the sideline, and yep. he was chewing me out. You know, uh, he's like, "You better make a player of," <laughs> you know, kind of like you never play again, something <laughs> like that. And I'm thinking, "Oh man, like the the one game I'm doing well, and then, you know, I have." a tackle and you know playing well special teams like I'm never going to play again so I'm like man I got to make something happen so I lined up against Brian McKinney and uh, I'm I'm, I'm a pretty big dude and this guy's like 6'8", 6'9", probably close to 400 pounds you know one of the the biggest tackles honestly to ever play in the league huge guy and I'm going against him and I'm I'm just thinking man let me get off the ball see, see where it goes and I got off the ball and uh, you know, was able to get around him. And, you know, I kind of wrapped up Favre and, and threw him to the ground. And then the ball got out somehow. So I didn't know if he threw it. I didn't know what happened. And, uh, you know, the play blew dead. He's on the ground. I kind of didn't know what was going on. And, and I'm, I'm asking everybody when we're getting on the field for punt return. 
I said, what happened? Did I, did I get a sack? They're like, I think you got a sack. What do you mean? You <laughs> threw him to the ground and, you know, the ball came out. You got a sack. I was like, man, I don't even know. It just happened so fast. So, you know, <laughs> they had to take a timeout and, you know, ultimately, you know, I got chewed out. But, you know, I ended up making a play and, uh, you know, it was my first sack against someone like Farr, which is incredible. And it's, 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 it's unfortunate because you never want to see anyone, you know, get injured like that. Of um, course. But that's the nature of the game, and you know that field. You know, even before the game, they had concerns about it, just how hard it was. They didn't have it under under the field heater, so it was just it was kind of like an unsafe surface. And mm-hmm. you know, his head slamming against it, you know, uh, you know, knocked him out, and that's that's unfortunate. But um, you know, I uh, never wanted to end anybody's career. You know, that's, that's how people say sometimes. But um, you know, he's he's one of the greats to ever play the game, and. You know, to, to be able to get my first sack against him was just incredible in that. Yeah, no doubt. And you said you were kind of zoning out when they had to take the time out. And um, I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me you were just frozen, too, because, of course, that was uh, one of the colder games. I can't even imagine what it was like to play uh, during that. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's such a neat story, obviously, but it's, it's certainly not the whole story with Corey Wooten and the Bears. It was only two years later that you, I think two years later, yeah, your third year in the league, you record seven sacks. You're, you go from a Julius Peppers replacement to often playing opposite Peppers. But And, to, and correct me if I'm wrong but one thing I remember about that year uh, and about you in general that is really kind of pertinent now in today's NFL even just five six years later you had to get at least two or three of those seven sacks a career high seven sacks from the inside right I love it how you used to move around the line and could just as often line up over a guard as a tackle is that accurate um that that season I didn't I didn't line up on the inside that much. The the following season in 2013 I did. Okay. Yeah, but th- this uh they they specifically just played me on the outside. Um they put Peppers more inside mm-hmm. um you know in 2012 and then 2013 um that that's when they moved me inside a little bit more and then I became a full-time uh defensive tackle. So, okay. you know, but yeah, it was def- definitely um you know, I wish I would have got the opportunity in 2012 to to rush inside because I, that was something I always felt comfortable with, something I did in college, and uh, you know, it's, it's something you know I did in 2013, and uh, you know, this past year when I was with the Lions, um, being able to play inside a little bit. Okay, so my timing was off by a year, but the point obviously remains that you know the versatility, and especially in a sub package league, when you got guys kicking uh, kicking inside so often, is of course such a valuable trait. So um, it, it's a decent segue to to what's going on with this current Bears team. I know Vic Fangio certainly uh, you know is going to count on versatility quite a bit and. Uh, we're already starting to see a little bit of that, but I think that will continue. What are your thoughts, not only on the Bears' week one loss in Houston, but maybe just about the changes that this unit has undergone this offseason, whether it's drafting Jonathan Bullard in round three or uh, you know, bringing in Akeem Hicks with the big free agent signing or even the ascent of Eddie Goldman in year two. I'll ask you about the defensive line specifically because I know that's your number one area of expertise. What are your biggest takeaways uh, through what you've seen over the past you know, handful of months and then how it played out on the field Sunday? You know, the biggest thing I saw was Eddie Goldman. I, I watched him last year, and, you know, he seemed like a guy that was just trying to get his, his, his feet under him, you know, in his first year. And it's always tough to the defensive lineman right. or offensive lineman transitioning into that first year. And you see in the second year so much more confident, using his hands a lot better. Um, he had great pressure, you know, all game. He had com- combined with a sack, um, Leonard Floyd, 
and I think he had two two QB hits in the game. So I like what I saw from him. Um, the, um, you know, we didn't we didn't really see much of Jonathan Bullard in this game yet. Only like I think nineteen or twenty reps, and uh, Akeem Hicks, after being arguably the MVP of the Bears offseason, was all over the place in Bourbonnais. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't notice him a ton. He did have the forced fumble. They couldn't recover it. But w- what would you think about Hicks and, and Bullard in an even more limited uh, you know, op- uh, sample size? You know, I think uh, Hicks did a pretty good job, you know, against the run. Um, you know, I, I think his strong suit is just, just how big he is. You know, he fills those gaps and is able, able to, you know, take on double teams and things of that nature. So, you know, I don't think you're going to expect 10 sacks from him. You know, right. I don't think he's that type of guy. Right. But I think he's a guy that's going to give you those splash plays, causing a fumble, you know, be really stout against the run, get good push in the pocket, you know, because that's the biggest thing. You know, if they can get the push inside, you know, they have enough good, uh, you know, edge rushers in, in Willie Young and Jonathan uh, with Floyd and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when McPhee comes back. Right. I think they have enough quality edge rushers that if they can just get that push, and then you already see that they have a quality interior rusher in Goldman. You know, he's shown that he can get pressure and be able to win inside. Right, right, right. And so, how much does that play hand in hand? Obviously, just so much. Uh, emphasis on improving the interior of this Bears defense. We talked about the guys in the trenches, and then obviously, uh, you know, Ryan Pace goes out and makes a big time splash to get Jarrell Freeman and Danny Trevathan. You tell me, you obviously worked in front of some pretty talented linebackers uh, over your time in Chicago. How important and how how easy or difficult is it to kind of build up a chemistry, not only with your fellow line mates, but what, with what's going on behind you as well? I think the biggest thing, it, it starts with, with those linebackers. They're the ones that orchestrate everything. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that get everybody lined up. They get the formation set. They give the checks to the D-line. They give the checks sometimes to the secondary as well. So, you know, what I saw out there from them, uh, Freeman and Trevathan, they were all over the field. You know, Freeman had 17 tackles. Trevathan had 11. So, you know, I really like what I saw from them, um, you know, which is which is a great sign. But at the same time, when you get that – that volume of, of tackles, you know, from the inside linebackers, you got to think, well, what was happening up front, you know, was, was, was there some holes that were being gashed and whatnot? Because they let up, uh, you know, I think it was 120-something yards or 130 yards, mm-hmm. you know, which you don't want to do, you know, opening week. But, um, you know, I think, I think luckily the linebackers were there flying around to limit those big explosive runs, you know. Right. And it seems like, uh, and it seems like Vic Fangio made some pretty nice halftime improvements because I want to say Lamar Miller had like eighty or something going into half. I mean, he only averaged three point seven yards per carry, so it seemed like the Bears were able to shut the door a little bit after halftime. Did you notice anything specific that allowed that to take place, or do you just think it was a greater emphasis on on stopping the run first? I, I definitely think at halftime, you know, any any coordinator, uh, position coaches. They're going to come in there and they say, well, we let up 80, like you said. we got to stop the run. So the biggest thing, they were talking to everybody, we get this run stopped, you know, we're going to be able to get them third down, and then we're going to be able to get off the field. And, you know, what you saw in the second half was definitely a more, you know, a better effort of, of getting that run stopped. But then you saw some explosive plays, you know, in, in, in the passing game and then whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's never good, uh, you know, fuller in the game he started to break out a little bit and uh you know they let up a couple big plays for him and then you know it ultimately came down to tackling you know whenever you miss tackles 
and you see that throughout the, the league, you know, weeks one, two, three, the tackling is a little bit shaky just because it's not like olden days where you tackle every day in practice. So, you know, you only get those preseason games as experience, and, you know, most of the starters don't really play that much. So, Right, right. And what do you, we're spending a couple more minutes here chatting with Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end, our very special guest on today's Locked On Bears podcast. And, Corey, let me ask you, what do you recall from your playing days, what it was like in the, in the lead-up between week one and week two? Whether you're coming off a win or a loss, you've just gotten your first taste of the, the real regular season game speed. What type of, uh, I, I don't know, do you, do you have any specific memories about what it's like after getting out there once and then just being anxious? The Bears obviously have an extra day before they'll get out there again Monday, but just like what that's like exactly? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, week, week one, you always – it always tends to be, you know, either really high or really low. If you, if you get the win, it's always great. You know, you, you kind of swoop under the rug some of the things that went wrong, right. you know, and, and you're, you're riding high on getting that first win because ultimately you always want to start the season 1-0. and You know, but when you have that loss, it's a little tougher in film, you know, in practice that week. They're, you know they're working nine-on-seven drills, being able to stop that run because ultimately in this league, you know, if you can keep someone under 100 yards, usually you have a high percentage to win the game or do really well defensively. So, you know, I think that that's what they were harping on this week, you know, was stopping that run and then limiting those big plays, you know, that, that you saw from, from the Texans, you know. Because the Bears started out really well. You know, they, they were up 14 nothing. Defense is looking good. Offense is looking good. And then you kind of see that turn of tides. Right. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot here. It's okay if you don't know. I just uh, I don't know if you know anything about Fletcher Cox and some of the guys on the Eagles pass rush. I'll, I'll see in a minute if you want to add anything on that or not. But what do you think generally about the Bears' pass rush and maybe how it could potentially improve this week against a rookie quarterback and against an offense that just simply doesn't have that type of speed? You just mentioned Will Fuller and Lamar Miller. Uh, the Eagles' skill position talent isn't as good, at least not from my vantage point. What does that potentially allow the Bears' defense to do against a rookie quarterback? You know, I think if they can they can get the, the coverage locked in and mm-hmm. allow him to hold the ball, give those pass rushers an extra second or so right. to get in the space to disrupt them. You know, because you looked at uh, last week, uh, Carson Wentz had great success because he really wasn't affected that much in the pocket. Right. And look what he did. You know, he threw for over 200, y- 200 yards. He had two touchdowns, I think, so... I think if the, the, the secondary and the linebackers can give the pass rush that one step, I think that's going to make a huge difference. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I just uh, even, you know, there's no all pro like DeAndre Hopkins. Jordan Matthews is a good player. Nelson Aguilar had a good start to his second season. But it just seems to me that may be a potential opportunity for the Bears. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Corey, are you familiar at all with Fletcher Cox? I mean, I'm guessing you heard the massive contract he signed uh, this offseason. I believe he's the highest-paid interior player in the NFL right now. Uh, any familiarity with any of those guys in that Eagles front seven? Obviously, it's run by Jim Schwartz, someone I, I believe you know pretty well. Yeah, Jim Schwartz, you know, his, his days in the lines, and you know he's known for having that front seven, especially those pass rushers to be able to get that pressure. Right. And, you know, a guy like Fletcher Cox, you know, very disruptive, He's a really extremely big guy that's got nimble feet, you know, can make great pass rush moves, get to the quarterback, affect them, sack them, you know, and then they have, you know, two other ends that I, that I think are, are really good pass rushers. Uh, Connor Barwin, um, mm-hmm. you know, what he was able to do, I think, two seasons ago where he had, you know, I think it was 14 or 15 sacks. 
something like that, yep. being able to disrupt the, the, the passer. And then Brandon Graham is a guy I think is, is underrated as a pass rusher. You know, he came came out my year as a first-round pick, had a few injuries, but now you, know, you see that production from him, you see that pressure. And he's a guy that's, you know, got good quickness, good strength, can, can do everything, can rush inside a little bit. So I think they I think they have a, a really good uh, front seven. So I think it'll, it'll be a good test for the Bears O-line. And with those guys, we talked about versatility, obviously, and both Brandon Graham and Connor Barwin adjusting to new positions with Jim Schwartz coming in and installing his 40 front. So it does speak to the talent level of those guys. Let me kind of uh, flip the script here real quick. We'll just spend a couple more minutes with Corey. Uh, what do you think about the Bears' offensive line? A, I wanted to ask you, I'm guessing you went up. It, it, when you said you were playing full-time defensive tackle, did you see Josh Sitton at all when you guys played the Packers? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went against uh, Josh Sitton. And I'll tell you what, he's he's definitely one of the, one of the stronger guards in the league. Um, you know, I, always going against him, um, you know, in, in pass rush, whenever you try to give him power, he's one of those guys that can anchor really well and uh, – you know, he just has really strong hands, really good grip, and uh, you know, I think that was a great pickup for the Bears. You know, um, I was shocked when when I saw that the, the Packers had let him go because he's consistently been one of the best, uh, you know, guards in the league. You know, against against the pass rush, so I, I I couldn't believe it, and you know, it was a good pickup for the Bears. You know, I think that solidifies their guards. You know, because they got a Pro Bowler and Kyle Long. You know, they signed up to that extension, and then they have Josh Sitton. So I think they're trying to do kind of what Green Bay's philosophy had always been, mm-hmm. shore up the inside, you know, kind of, you know, leave the tackles as they may be. You know, for all those years when I was playing early on in my career, the the tackles for the Green Bay, they had always been okay, you know, but the guards inside and the center was really talented. So I think right. they're, they're trying to do that same type of philosophy, you know. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Corey. And it's interesting, too, because, of course, Ryan Pace comes over from New Orleans where that was such a huge thing, too, protecting Drew Brees inside. Brees a little bit shorter, and, and when it, whether it was Jari Evans or Ben Grubbs or, or Carl Nix, they had some of the highest-priced guards in the league. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of end on this, then. Do you think that they can get by? And I agree with Kyle Lung and just Josh Sitton. It's probably the best pair of guards in the NFL, and I think they're going to help a rookie in Cody Whitehair. Um, but how concerned are you after one week watching what's going on outside with Charles Leno and Bobby Massey? Do you think the Bears are going to be okay there? You know, I think I think they'll be okay. I think the biggest thing is your game plan. You know, you know, you have to give guys like that help when they have good pass rushers. Whitney Merciless is a guy that you know many people will say, "Oh, well, he's not an elite rusher. He's not this," but he's a guy that can rush the passer yep. year in and year out. He's He's led in pressures, and, you know, he's been up there in sacks. Um, you know, he's a guy that can rush the passer. He has great hands, great get-offs. You know, you looked at those two rushes where, when he won, the one to Bobby Massey. He got off the ball before Massey got off. Right. So it's just, you know, sometimes you're going to get beat, you know. But the thing is you want to limit those. You know, whenever whenever you let up five sacks in a game, it's probably not going to uh, – the outcome is not going to be favorable for you offensively because – the, the only quarterback that you ever see that gets sacked five, six, seven times to still wins is Aaron Rodgers. And everyone else, it's unheard of, you know. But I think I think if they can keep Cutler clean, you know, using more chips, using more uh, offset uh, tight ends to chip as they go out, you know, I think that'll help out those tackles, you know. And, and inside, I think they'll be they'll be fine with uh, Long and Sitting. But you know, the biggest thing is just just give those tackles help, and I really think it'll 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 benefit them. 
Great stuff from Corey Wooten, former Chicago Bear, and our special guest on the Locked On Bears podcast today. Corey, uh, this was a lot of fun, and I'd love to have you back again in the near future if you're, if you're willing. Let me ask you on the way out, and maybe I will put you on the spot a little bit here, and it's okay if uh, it's too much on the spot, but do you have a pick? Are you, will you pick games this season, and, and do you have a thought Monday night, Bears-Eagles? You know, I think, I think it's going to – you know, I, I don't like to pick games, but I'm going to pick this one up. I think the Bears. I think the Bears are going to win this one. I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to say. I'm going to say 27-21 Bears. All right. Well, you heard it there. Corey Wooten is picking the Bears, and he did us a special treat today because he doesn't normally pick games. So, Corey, we appreciate your time so much. And uh, again, if you're interested in coming back, this was a ton of fun. I'm sure our listeners loved it. So uh, maybe if we reach out again here in the near future and do something again. Definitely sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's my pleasure. That was Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end, former Northwestern product. We didn't talk a lot about Northwestern here today, but again, I am going to ensure that we get him on the program again in the near future. So that's going to wrap up the Locked On Bears podcast for Thursday. I'll be back on Friday with a little bit more uh, preview. Actually, we're going to bring in Teron Davenport, the Eagles Locked On uh, host, and, and we'll break down the game with him. So until then, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and thank you so very much for being with us again today on the podcast. Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance.